At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. All right. Fastest two hours in radio. Welcome in Arnie and Plank on a Fox Sports Sunday, 877-99 on Fox, 877-996-6369. Twitter, you guys are already crushing Arnie. I don't know what oh you my did goodness. last night. Oh I don't my know what goodness. you started, but it's already happening at Stinking Genius One at Plank Show. And, of course, everybody should be following at Fox Sports Radio as we come to you tonight. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote to say on updates. E-Rob running the show. Papa Bear on the board tonight. Uh, I guess Bobo has the night off, so it's almost like your Saturday cruise back together, Arnie. This is good times, man. Just a quick announcement, Chris. I'm sorry to start the quick announcement. And this goes out to you and and Raider Ryan and, of course, Eric Roberts producing the show, uh, to DeSager, uh, and even to our bosses. And I just want to go ahead and get this out of the way. Uh, of course, you know, my birthday's Tuesday. Please don't spend more than $500 each per gift. Please keep it. We're good. Because I, I know you like to go crazy, Chris, uh, every year, especially the Sager. Oh, my goodness. It, it's elaborate. It's crazy. Please don't spend more than 
than five hundred dollars each, please. Okay, let's let's keep it down. Could you do that for me? I'll be Look, good. I'll, I'll and, be in and, that range. It'll and be fine. It, it's only I only turned thirty eight anyway, so it's no big deal. Ha! Big. <laughs> Sorry, Arnie. I was going to yeah. buy you like a, a package of Peeps half price tomorrow after Easter. Wow! Is that under five hundred bucks? It's the best wow! Time to get them. It's the best time to get them. <laughs> wow! I would agree. the Sager, you give good presents. What's going on here? <laughs> what is the uh, birthday tradition for Arnie Spanier? Do you have one? A birthday tradition is I just I make everybody leave me alone and just stay away from me. That's that's my birthday tradition. I don't take calls and I don't want anybody around me. So that that's I, and I just you know just go around town eating pizza and burgers and and, and stuff like that. If you I, don't I take like calls, that would be a great day for uh, Scott Shapiro to just blow your phone up all day long. <laughs> Get him, boss. Yeah, well, uh, happy birthday week. Are you like my wife and kids where it's not just a birthday day? It's like a birthday week-long celebration? No, no. Just, All right. just the day, Tuesday, that's it. It's only 38, like I said, no big deal. Uh, even if I'm not 38, at least I look 38. I look 38. I've got silky smooth skin, which is why Steve Kerr never... How old do I look, Raider Ryan? You answer right now. You go ahead and you could you go ahead and uh, tweet oh. on in at Stinkin' Genius One. You well, tell me how old I look. I first dare of you. all, the name's Papa Bear, not Raider Ryan. And you honestly, Apple, you look go. like you're old enough to be my great grandfather. Oh God, wow. he's killing me, Black. They're killing what? me. Prohibition, I, I, prohibition must have really sucked for you, Arnie. Oh. Arnie got excited when he could start drinking again when beer was made legal. So yeah, oh, it's, it's good times. I hate uh, you guys. We got so much to get to tonight. Yeah. I have about an hour's worth of NFL stuff, oh. but I don't know if we're even going to get to a quarter of it because I know how much you hate talking off-season NFL. And, oh, my gosh, if we talk about the draft, that's the worst thing possible. And we got to congratulate Villanova winning the championship. Uh, of course, absolutely. But absolutely. here's what's interesting to me. Last week, I, I really came out as a staunch defender of the fun that the NCAA tournament had been. I mean, I thought, I'm not one of these that needs to see uh, Loyola Marymount, Billy Tubbs coaching at OU type scores to be entertained. And and then if the Final Four happened. And it kind of took all of my arguments and basically just shot them to you-know-what, Arnie. And it reminded me of lo- a lot of what we saw during the World Series last year with Houston and the Dodgers. Uh, first six games of the World Series and A lot of different storylines played out. Some of the more memorable World Series games that I think we've had in a while. But then Game 7 happened, and it was a dud. And it kind of sucked the whole spirit out of the whole World Series for a lot of us. Not just because the Dodgers lost, but because it wasn't that amazing finish. Arnie, I'm thinking that's what's kind of happening here with the Final Four. Listen. Loyola Chicago was a great story that I think we got a little OD'd on at some point. Michigan really hasn't had to take that usual murderer's row to get to the championship match. Uh, championship match, listen to me. Championship game against Villanova tomorrow night. But the one thing that was pretty clear is the early game was a dud, and then the late game was a blowout. So well, I, it kind of sucked any life out of this tournament. You know, it was more of a disappointment when Loyola was up by 10 points in the second half. I was actually in my mind thinking – they were going to go on and win the game. It was going to be, you know, had Loyola gone to this championship game, it would have been like the second best sports run uh, in the history of sports, right behind uh, the United States winning the gold medal in the Olympics in hockey. I mean, really, oh, other wow. than that, to have a run like this is just unbelievable. And I was 
anticipating for them to get there. So when they lost that 10-point lead, I mean, you want to talk about the disappointment and the win out of the sales. Uh, and I, to be honest with you, I'm not so sure everybody embraced, like you said, the whole Loyola thing, because I think ratings were down leading up until that Final Four. So I'm not so sure everybody really bought into it, and I don't think ratings are going to be all that great for the finals tomorrow well, night either. I, I don't – Again, I I don't necessarily know if we can gauge whether or not it was great or bad or universally embraced by TV ratings anymore because of how no, much the but tournament did you feel a is buzz, consumed. Chris? What's did that? You, did you feel a buzz leading up to the Final Four? Did you did you feel you know like oh my goodness? I mean, you didn't get all you, you had people talking NFL leading up to the Final Four. Well, yeah, because the NFL is king, but. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I was sick and tired of the Sister Jean stories. I didn't. Wow. I, I mean, we got to this point where I was like, okay, we get it. We get it. She's kind of been their lucky charm. That's great. I, that's all I heard about heading up to it. You know what? I would also say this. I, I don't know necessarily if there's ever some – we can use TV ratings, I'm sure, and I would lose badly. But I think what happened with the excitement of the women's Final Four, kind of like it did last year, it took a little bit away from it because you had uh, UConn getting upset for the second year in a row. You had a crazy last-second shot, and it kind of had the sports world buzzing for a little bit. And, you're, and, and, Arnie, I think we really need to be – we're very cynical as, as a sports society, and we need greatness, like, right out of the gate. We, we need it just – it's got to hit us in the face, and it didn't happen with either one of these games. So, uh, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. I, I can't really defend it. I'm not in San Antonio, obviously. I don't know what the buzz is like around the games, but I am able to get a little altitude on this. And you're right, Arnie. Outside of the stories, away from the court, oh, Cinderella, how great is this? There wasn't a lot of people going, now, let's get to this Loyola-Michigan right. matchup, right? right, right. What's, the big sto- what's the big story today? What's the big story today on Michigan, guys? Yeah. Is it, the- wow, how are they going to match up with uh, Villanova? Is it what, uh, what a great job that uh, Beeline has done? Is it any of these? No. The big story on Michigan today is the comment that was made about, hey, someday we're going to honor the Fab Five. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> That's the big You're, story today. I know that. And, and I, I got to tell you, look, coming into this game, I feel like 10 minutes into the game when Villanova gets up to a 10-point lead, people are going to say, well, this one's over. I expect Villanova to boat race them. I, I, and by the way, isn't Michigan the first team since, what, like a billion years to not <laughs> play a 1-5 through five seed? I think since, what, 1979 or something like that? They, the, the first team not to play a 1-5 through five seed to get to the finals? That's, that's unheard of. They, look, I, I give them credit for getting this far, especially when they hit the clutch shot against Houston, but uh, I think Villanova is just going to crush them, Chris. You beat a 14 seed in Montana, probably should have lost to a 6 seed in Houston. Yep. You beat a 7 seed in Texas A&M. You beat a 9 seed in Florida State, who inexplicably decided to just say, down 4, <laughs> game over. And game then you over. beat an 11 seed to get to the championship game. So, yeah, this hasn't been the most challenging path. But here's here's my final plea. Here's my final hope. Be a great game, right? I mean, listen, even even if we want to sit here and we want to be the cynical sports talk show host that we are and we want to crap on everything and we want to get on Twitter and just tell you how the game's so boring we've turned to Shawshank Redemption. You know, Arnie, you could find another movie. Every time you're bored, you turn it to Shawshank Redemption. I'm just telling you that right now. Um, but I, I, I want a great game. I think that you can – you can really make up for a couple of poor Final Four games 
by having a great final. Does it, does it mean it's the greatest tournament ever? No, I'm not sitting here trying to sell you that. Are ratings going to be through the roof? No, it's on TBS, so they're probably going to be skewed anyway. But Arnie, at, at least give us a good game tomorrow night. At least give us something that will uh, keep our attention in from start oh, to finish. Uh, you know Unless what, we're J- just an over Michigan fan. James tweeted in, and you know what? This keeps my attention, and I should have brought this up earlier. Uh, the the guy that owns the hotel that has a million dollars, if Michigan wins oh. at all, the million-dollar ticket. Did you ever see that one yet playing? Yep. I just saw it. I just saw it on Twitter, and I think I saw our buddy R.J. Bell tweeted yes, a little yes. bit earlier today. He could potentially and, make one point, what, uh, $1 million if Michigan ends up getting the win. Wow. Wow. Think if you had something like that going there. And, of course, Gary has something for you, uh, Chris, that uh, you want to carefully read there, I'm sure. For a national show, you guys are so biased for L.A. In Houston, we effing love Game <laughs> 7 of the World Series. Well, of course you do in Houston. Hey, Gary, you I'm on the it. East Coast, by the way, so just so you know. But, again, as go, go back to the World Series. Gary, congratulations. You won. You got an incredible core. Houston fans, I don't know. I used to think Chicago Cub fans were the neediest fans in the world, right? But now that suddenly Houston's apparently where it. baseball don't was created. Uh, but <laughs> – it's almost as if you, you just don't bow at the altar of the Astros. It's that Listen, Game 7 nationally outside of Houston was a bore compared to what Games 1 through 6 were. Man, that was being talked about as one of the greatest, most competitive World Series we have ever seen. And then you kick the snot out of them out of Game 7. So, yeah, it was great in Houston. But uh, as far as being remembered as one of those memorable games, no, it, it, it fell apart. I'm making the comparison to this year's Final Four. He didn't like that comparison, Chris. He didn't like it. Again, he's a super hypersensitive Houston fan. You have your title. The banner's going to be hanging. What more do you need? Ah. Uh, All right, listen, we'll talk more about the Loyola story. What about on the other side of things? Villanova, you know, we'll get more in-depth coming up in our next segment. But it's always funny. How we knee-jerk, and this is the big, I'm big anti-knee-jerk. We knee-jerk like crazy. Wait till the NBA playoffs. Oh, my gosh, we we go crazy knee-jerk reacting to one game of an NBA playoff series. But, Arnie, last night, listening to people talk about what needs to change with the NCAA, we basically should just start all over with the college game because I guess the three-point line is too close because Villanova hit a ton of three-pointers last night. Nobody realized they shot 16% from beyond the three-point arc against uh, against Texas Tech in the previous round. I mean, it, listen, they got hot last night. Well, They're a good team. Chris, that's the new wave, though. I mean, I'm sure we'll get into it next segment also, but the threes is the new wave. That That's the Golden State motto. Uh, and that's exactly what they're going to do in college basketball now. And matter of fact, it, it, Villanova does it the right way. Don't recruit the ones and the one and dones. Uh, get kids that are going to stay there four years. Uh, and and you know, I had people texting in yesterday saying Villanova, Jay Wright, they're not blue bloods. I don't even know what a blue blood is. You know, everybody all of a sudden that's the catchphrase out there. But if they're not a blue blood, give me Villanova every time over a lot of programs out there. So I, I don't know what people are jumping on Villanova for, but I love Jay Wright. I love uh, Villanova, and I love the way they're doing it right now, Chris. Well, since I mean, this is their third Final Four appearance uh, since two, 2009, 2016, 2018. Prior to that, 
1985. So it had been a while. That was the Cinderella story with Riley Massimino. They they won the title in 2016. They're the favorites to win the title again tomorrow night. We it's so funny. We were having this debate leading into the Rose Bowl when people were getting mad because they were calling Georgia a blue blood. What? Who cares? Yeah. Who cares who is or isn't a blue blood? I don't get it. If you are, great. Congratulations. But history doesn't win you bleep. You know how good you yeah. are that tell year that to is the what's Kentucky going to win fans, it for you. Tell that to the Duke fans. Tell it to all the other blue bloods out there that didn't make it to the finals. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, and where are they watching from? They're watching yeah, exactly. from home. Yeah. Uh, and then I want to add this because uh, you know what? I Sugar Mac, I'm with you. He tweets at us and says, I'm so sick of the media trying to ruin my basketball enjoyment, always complaining NCAA or NBA. Yeah, you know what? I'm guilty of that right now, Sugar Mac, and I'm beating myself up over it because I'm sitting here complaining over two games out of an NCAA tournament that has been so incredibly compelling to me, and then you have one game where a team goes crazy from beyond the three-point line and where, oh, we got to widen the lane, we got to make the line uh, deeper in a national range. I'm with you. But I'm also guilty of it right now. So what what would that make me, Arnie? A big old steaming hypocrite, right? Yeah, no, I was about to say that that was for you. That I, I, I was hoping you'd recognize that. That's exactly for you. You're the one complaining about. And, but I'm the same you way. You complained from day one of this tournament. You were mad that a 16 beat a one. I think. No, Arnie I was. Spaniard, I was mad when Arizona lost lost to Buffalo. Oh, that, yeah, see, that, that happened so long ago. I felt like that was in last year's tournament. All right. Now, when we come back to the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, let's go more in depth on that Nova Kansas game. If you want to jump in on the blue blood conversation, fine. I I don't get it too terribly much. And now kind of the future of Loyola Chicago and did they land a gut punch? And and, and should the coach I wonder should the coach leave? Can you make a case for him to leave or to stay? You know, sometimes the grass isn't always greener, Chris. You know that. Well, you know what? I've got a better question. What's a good job out there right now that's available in college basketball? That's true, yeah. Eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox. He's Arnie Spanier. I'm Chris Plank. It's Arnie and Plank on a Fox Sports Sunday. It's Arnie and Plank on a Fox Sports Sunday. Reminder, reminder, I've got an hour's worth of NFL talk coming up if Arnie lets me do it. What's the odds we can get there? I don't no, There is a lot of NFL talk. I mean, the whole Gronk thing and... I mean that that's been big out here in the uh, Boston area. It's crazy. You would have thought that that Gronk said he was going to retire or something. They went ballistic out here over the Gronk stuff. Well, we'll get into that coming up here in just a bit, and I got a little college football stuff and some draft talk as well too. But uh, you got to get to Hooters, especially for the national championship game tomorrow night, and try the new smoked wings. It's a whole new way to crave wings, and with all the taste and half the calories. Arnie, you can eat twice as many at Hooters. Maybe that's a good place to go for your birthday party when you turn 38 this week. Me there in. you go. Not 38, 37, I think. 37, is. sorry. Yeah. I keep adding a year. All right, uh, by the way, the Blue Blood conversation, I rank that up there in uh, annoyance levels. And we have this a lot on a local level here in Norman. Uh, but I rank that on an annoyance level with the, the DH argument on sports radio the, uh, oh, who's going to be on the Mount Rushmore argument right. and uh, the Pete Rose argument. I mean, the blue, I mean, come, is it really that important? I mean, does it change anything? Do they get to hang a banner that says, blue blood, look out? I mean, I, I don't get it, Arnie. I never really have. I, look, at this point, I don't want to be a blue blood because it seems <laughs> like those schools recruit the one and dones. That's no longer the model 
to be mm-hmm. successful in college basketball. And that, that's not going to be the way. The way is get kids that are going to stay there four years. You want a team full of juniors and seniors that have been through it, that, have, that, are, uh, that knows how to deal with pressure, uh, kids that have played together for about two, three years. That's the kind of kids that you want that want to graduate in four years, and, and that's the type of kid you start recruiting. And, you know, you're going to – you've got to get the, the NBA on board you got to get the NBA on board and give the guys an option to try to go to the league early because you're just – I mean, you can't recruit a great player, right? You you have to go – If I, I, I can only use Trey Young off the top of my head, but who's the two cats you had at Arizona? You're telling me they shouldn't have recruited him, Arnie? I mean, you brought in two great players that uh, one's being talked about as the top pick in the NBA draft. So what? If one of these great guys is interested in your school, you just say, hey, thanks, but no thanks? Well, I didn't mean Arizona. I mean, slow down there. No, no. I Look, look I love DeAndre Ayton, but for all it's worth, Ayton, yes. we you know, we, we still lost in the first round. I love Alonzo Trier, but he was suspended not only this year twice, but also last year. I'm sure that didn't help the team. You know, uh, again, he wasn't going to be – well, he went two years and done, though, had he not got suspended, he might have been a one-and-done also. Yeah, you know, for all that's worth, it didn't do Arizona any good. Matter of fact, Sean Miller's never been to a Final Four. Maybe they're doing it the wrong way also, Chris, when it's uh, all said and done. I just think saying, yeah, we don't recruit one-and-doneers, I understand the the mindset, and I know that Calipari's got a pretty good grasp on it, though, let's face it. They haven't been the same team the last couple of years. Still, though, I just think it would be really hard to tell one of those guys if they want to come to your school, hey, yeah, no, 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 we're we're not recruiting your kind of uh, – we don't want your kind around here. You're too good at basketball. You know, what, what are you going to say? We don't want your kind around here. Get out of here. Uh, you know who's, Eddie Ru- you know who's really a demand, Chris, is these uh, fifth-year graduates – that want to transfer from mid-majors, uh, it looks like some of the big-time schools want these mid-major kids. I know Arizona was looking at a kid, I believe, from Evansville who had averaged 20 or 21 a game. I, I read one of the kids from Albany, uh, that Louisville, was uh, was it Primo, was uh, looking at that kid from Albany to go to Louisville. I mean, th- th- that's a lot for these mid-major kids to go to these big, big programs. That's who the, these programs are looking at now kid from Maine uh, is very high on the Oklahoma list right now because the Sooners lost both of their point guards. Yeah, and it's kind of funny. You say, get these four-year kids. Well, what if they really excel in academics or they graduate and then they decide, hey, I want to play my final year of eligibility at Arizona or I want to go to UCLA. I want to play uh, at Duke. So, yeah, it's it's kind of a – it's not a – dilemma I think in in the college ranks but it's definitely something that's been taken over recently uh Eddie I think was getting after me for talking a little bit too much about women's hoops who writes Plank probably went nuts when what's her name hit the game-winning shot for the women's NCAA final game in that place near Great Lakes oh you mean uh you mean this incredible moment which was caught thanks to our wonderful editors maybe title Young calls the break, looking, looking, finds a Goombawale right wing, a hoist near the horn, it's good! Arike Goombawale! Yeah, that, that, I did. I just played I, a women's I, I basketball I want you to know something. Show. Right before that shot, I was watching it with my <laughs> wife, and my wife goes, yeah, right, this game's going into overtime. Boom! Kiss of death! Hit the bomb! And that was the game. We went crazy. That, actually, that was exciting. It's going to be more exciting than anything in the Final Four we'll watch on the men's side. Well, I will say this much. I guess because Twitter never forgets uh, a Goomba Wale 
was, I guess, being recruited by UConn. And whenever she had decided to narrow it down to five teams back in 2014, she had tweeted out my top five. She had Louisville, Notre Dame, Ohio State, UCLA, and Wisconsin. And I guess she tweeted that out at 6 o'clock on the evening. Uh, Gino Ariema, uh, a little bit later, said, Stay tuned for my list of five players I saw in the past seven days that I have zero interest in recruiting, which the hash, uh, with the hashtag, what a joke. And some think it was in reference to her, and she ends up getting the last lap. Not only did wow. she knock UConn out of the tournament, but she ends up winning a national you know, championship. I was just about to rip you and say, too much information, too much info. But I like that story. You did a good job on that. I was like, oh, but you, yeah, you yeah, did a I, good job on that one, Plank. It could have been worse. I could have gone all in on uh, on talking about the Marquette King cut, but I decided to go there. Uh, here's a few other tweets that I want to get to before Steve DeSager slides in. I like this from Lil Bro Troller, which still might be my favorite Twitter name of all time. He writes, everyone says Michigan got lucky with their cakewalk that was totally unchosen by them, and now playing almighty Nova, they have zero chance but you live and die with the three, and if they do live from the arc, they win. And, oh, by the way, they play defense. So, in other words, I think what the, the little troller is trying to say yeah. here, Arnie, is we're counting out Michigan a little bit too quickly, I, no, and Villanova's yeah. a team that lives and dies by the three. Look, listen to me. No, nobody's saying they you know picked the path. Of course, uh, they just played the teams that are in front of them. We know that. We're just telling you it was the easiest path ever to get to a championship game. That's what we want you to know. And two, I don't care if they're going to live by the three-pointer or die by the three-pointer. They don't have to shoot uh, 48 or 50% from the three-point line to beat this Michigan team who's so inept offensively. It's almost embarrassing. So, you know, the fact that they made it this far, I give them a lot of credit, but uh, the clock strikes midnight on Cinderella like it did for Loyola. It does the same for Michigan. Michigan's got no chance to win this game, Chris. And then one more quick one here from Eric. He writes, watching Saturday, I thought I had dreamed about the Texas Tech-Villanova game. Every commentator acted like Villanova shoots like this every single game. Yeah, no, no, no. They were really bad from behind the three-point right. arc against Tech. They right. were 4 for 24, 16.7%. But we, we've got cuts that we can play from Jay Wright tonight. Arnie, this is a complete basketball team. That's how they were able to get a one seed. That's how they were able to consistently have success this year. Yes, when they get hot and they they shoot the ball like that they're virtually unbeatable but they've got a good defense you know they've got a well-balanced team so yeah they shoot a lot of threes but they don't rely on that and that alone to help them win games that's a Chris, pretty good what, defensive basketball team. at what point they had made their first nine threes or the first nine threes they made were by what five or six different guys or something like that I mean it was it's it's not like it's one guy and you shut him down then all of a sudden, you know, you have a chance to beat Villanova. There's several guys you're going to have to shut down from hitting the three. Or get, and by the way, they I don't I really thought that they could have done a lot better job. I mean, everybody yeah. goes, oh, they were 18 of 40. I'm like, yeah, but a lot of that came early. They kind of hit a dry spell uh, a little bit in the second half there, Chris. Yeah, they they were 18 of 40 and still only won by 16. I know that sounds crazy, only winning by 16. But when you're getting, what, 41, uh, 61 points, whatever the math would be off the top of my head, when you're getting that many points from the three-point line, you should be winning by more than just 16 points. But they're moving on, and that's all that matters. All right, here comes Steve DeSager sliding into the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios because it's not just the NCAA tournament. It's not just the NFL. We got baseball going on tonight. Where do you want to start, DeSager? 
Sager. We'll, we'll start with hoops as the men's final is tomorrow night. Michigan has won 14 in a row. They are not a good free throw shooting team. Keep that in mind. They make yep. it interesting down the stretch. Villanova in its previous game, you talk about the great three-point shooting, obviously, last night. In its previous game, when they were down 9-1 to early to Texas Tech, that was their largest deficit in the tournament. They've won all five games in the tourney and all by double digits. And for all the great three-point shooting tonight, uh, last night, on two-pointers, they were 18 for 25 yeah. against Kansas, a battle of one seeds, and they just beat them up. Villanova was up 22-4 to four early in that game. So there's your matchup for tomorrow. And remember, guys, on Selection Sunday, what we talked about, teams that we liked, I brought up the name of a couple and that was Villanova and Gonzaga for one reason, that they both score a lot and a rare, rare thing in college basketball. They shoot 50% from the floor as a team. Villanova, in fact, not only 50% shooting for the year, they were the top scoring team, 87 points a game this year and favored for the national title. Meanwhile, this was the sound from a media member at their courtside seat in Columbus tonight, the final second of the women's final. <laughs> three-pointer at the buzzer for Notre Dame to win the national championship on that last second three to beat Mississippi State, 61-58. We talked I was about rooting it. for Mississippi State in that game. <laughs> we no, talked sure about it, it on the show before you. It really doesn't matter what sport it is. Sports in general, this is the greatness of it, the thrill. It's like, you know, you could bring it up, Arnie, the, the Olympic hockey thing from 1980. You think a lot of people were watching hockey before or after or because of... No, it was just thrilling in and of itself. And we brought this with the Olympics or World Cups or anything. If something great happens, doesn't mean you have to buy tickets the next year. You don't have to be ashamed. Just enjoy it. It's sports. Move on. That's it. it. I was rooting against Brady Quinn. That's why I wanted Notre Dame. (laughs) That's right. He was still quite uh, smiling happy with the Notre Dame winning tonight. (laughs) Well, we did have one NFL item tonight. The L.A. Chargers agreed to a one your deal with quarterback Geno Smith, his head coach in L.A., a former Jets assistant, a bit familiar. Cardell Jones, still a backup quarterback going into camp uh, behind Phillip Rivers as well with the Chargers. Everything final from the NBA. Denver was trailing Milwaukee by eight points with a minute left in regulation and still won the game in overtime. Wow. Indiana won its fifth in a row, beating the Clippers, who might miss the playoffs. The NBA playoffs start in under two weeks. Philadelphia won its 10th straight game. Golden State beat Phoenix. The Suns have lost 15 in a row. Ian Poulter won the Houston Open. The Masters starts Thursday. And by the way, with this win, he gets into the Masters tournament. The baseball game in L.A. tonight. Dodgers finally with some offense, shutting out San Francisco 9 nothing. Washington My Dodgers. <laughs> Stop, please. Stop. On behalf of all Dodger fans. Stop. <laughs> Washington Nationals won again. They're 3-0. Pittsburgh swept a doubleheader at Detroit. White Sox at Kansas City postponed due to bad weather, but that's what happens when you start a baseball season in March. I had to laugh. Gavin Kinzel, uh, one of our producers here at Fox Sports Radio, just retweeted that Geno Smith news. Yeah. And he uh, commented that April Fool's is stupid. Unfortunately, Gavin, (laughs) diehard Chargers fan. This is real life. and I guess from the report that we saw earlier, thanks to Sager, oh. uh, the Chargers were very interested in Geno Smith last year, and the Giants swooped in. And Did you get fooled today at all, Chris? 
Uh, we did here locally a little bit, but I'm also – I got fooled really bad last year, so I've been very careful from here on out as we come to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Uh, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. So uh, go to Geico to get a free rate quote at geico.com. I fell for the Oregon April Fool's Day prank. It was either last year or the year before. They had tweeted out that they were going to have the first ever LED – uh, sponsor <laughs> integration on their field. Oh. They're on their football field. They were getting special turf, and they were going to be able to put sponsors and potential highlights on the field with their new technology. And I fell for it. Hook, I watched. They had a video that went along with it. I think I even retweeted wow. it. And this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. So ever since then, I've been a, I've been a li- little bit gun shy. But I did fall. They they had uh, someone had put up an In and Out Burger coming soon here. Oh. Uh, in Oklahoma City, so that was a little bit heartbreaking. I, I don't uh, know if I got, I don't know if I got fooled or reverse fooled today. I'm not even sure. Uh, so why? Yeah, I, I I I saw a video. Oh, what was that? Aaron Donald uh, blocking against a guy holding knives. Knives. <laughs> yes. Is that is that real or is that April Fool's? I, I I don't know. I mean, I I really Aaron, Aaron Donald is one is that of real? my. He's one of my favorite players right now. Yeah. And and I and I love. Hardcore training, but I mean, I, I getting stabbed if you happen to make a mistake is, is that, that going to make real, you a better though? player? So that wasn't an April Fool's thing. That that's really him blocking against a guy that's got two like butcher knives or two outdoorsman knives, and he was swinging that knife pretty quick. No doubt, I would have had some cuts on my arms because <laughs> I would have screwed up on that. I I can't stop watching that thing because I'm still trying to find out. What what he gains by having knives in his hand? I, I mean, know. I just I, that's the thing for me. But I'm with you, Arnie. If I it's feel an like April Fool's Day Daniel joke, son, you know, <laughs> if it's an April Fool's Day joke, count me among those that have yes. been hooked. Let, let's let's get a couple of other tweets in here. Yeah, uh, this is a good one from David, who has been uh, one of our regular tweeters. He writes. Moving back to three-point line is the same as eliminating hacking. It's rewarding being lazy. Can't shoot free throws? Well, we'll change the rules. Too lazy to defend a three-point line leading to more makes? Well, we'll move the art back. arc back. How about just play some defense? Amen. amen. I was going to say amen to that. You, t- you took my words. I love it because again, it's almost, and it's even the same with some of the NFL rules. We want to we want to reward players for uh, not working hard enough in certain areas, so you make it to where a cornerback can't be more physical, and we want to try to overly protect quarterbacks so you can't even breathe on them anymore without getting a penalty. So yeah, I I I'm kind of on board with that. M- make them get better defensively. Period. Now. On a scale of a, say, 1 to 10, 10 being uber excited, you might even have yourself a little watch party, 1 being you're looking for your old stomping grounds and potentially catching a little Shawshank Redemption, Arnie. Where's your excitement level for tomorrow night's national championship game? Is it, well, my excitement well, going into the game, I would, you know, I'd probably say like a seven. I mean, you still got the big names out there, but you don't have much of the storylines. I, I, I think Villanova's going to boat race them, and of course, I'll be looking for Shawshank Redemption or Law and Order. Once right. Villanova gets out to a ten point lead, then the game goes on the secondary TV, and we catch, uh, uh, see if Stabler and Benson can catch the bad guy, or if Andy does escape uh, at the end there. So I mean, that that's what it's got to get to because you know it's going to happen, and and I don't think Michigan's going to be able to keep up with them when it's all said and done, Chris. 
I uh, I tend to agree with you. John Beeline, by the way, is definitely playing up the underdog mentality for this Michigan team. Until we went up to beat Michigan State, we weren't even nationally ranked. And now here we are playing on Monday night. Yeah, great point. No one really talked about them or gave them any credit. And oh, then you're on the a others, three seed. Stop it. Well, but again, they were a three seed that didn't really get ranked until well into their conference schedule. Uh, then you had Jay Wright, and, and they're going to play the underdog role because that's really all they've got going right now. Jay Wright on the other side, uh, what more can you say about the way they shot the ball except defend it? Here's what I mean. Listen to the uh, Villanova head coach. The one thing you can count on is your defense and the rebound. That's something that can be consistent each night. Tonight we made shots. It makes everything look good. But you, you can look at these numbers. We made all those shots, and we won by 16 if we're not shooting at an incredible clip, that's that's a one or two point game. Yeah, so I, they, you're right, Chris. Yeah, probably still win it. Probably still win it. Should be fun tomorrow night. I'm at about a seven right now, Arnie. I'm at a seven, and if it's a great game, I can easily escalate to like a nine or a ten. I don't where have would a rooting have been, interest. Where would you have been if Loyola was in the game? Uh, but probably about the same. You know, I don't really have a rooting interest. Uh, I just I want to see a good basketball game. I'm not the I'm not the most diehard college basketball fan on the planet. So it's really, I feel like it's an obligation. It's my job, Arnie. I've got to watch it. But I, I really hope that these two teams can bring out the best in each other and not have everyone just crapping over college basketball all night long. Uh, all right, when we come back to the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, Steve DeSager gets us caught up on everything, including a big night for the Dodgers, a uh, rather difficult night for the Lakers, good win for the Thunder. The West race is crazy in the NBA, plus some NFL notes as well. It's a busy night. He's Arnie Spanier. I'm Chris Plank on a Fox Sports Sunday. Two really good tweets before DeSager slides in. Tons of tweets. Uh, these, these are the best ones, though. Two people on the planet, writes Jim Goodman, that I will never take gambling advice from, Charles Barkley and Arnie Spanier. Michigan wow. is a lock to win now. By the wow. way, I did, kind of, I did kind of fall for the Barkley one today. The re, uh, there was an Arizona Coyotes yeah. <laughs> report that they are going to bring him in, and I kind of thought, huh, that, that's interesting. I don't know why, but okay. Uh, and then <laughs> Woodson Death Grip tweets at us and says, excellent segment with Steve Kerr tonight, Arnie. Some great stories from back in the day with you two. Wow! Look, let's be honest. Kerr's under a little bit of pressure right now. I'm sure once the season ends, uh, whenever they get eliminated, he'll call into the show uh, in the summertime. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, uh, I guess not when I say stuff like that, he won't, but I'm sure he'll just call in one day and, and surprise us during the summer, Chris. Oh, and by the way, uh, our, buggy, our buddy Mike Renland writes, you know, every since the kiss of death wrote that penthouse letter to Steve Kerr, the Warriors have been riddled with injuries and losses. Shocker. That's why he needs to enjoy life down in Tucson. I'm telling you that. I'm, I'm still trying to get that uh, get together. I'm still working on that, Chris. Let's get some sanity and some organization to this mess tonight. Steve DeSager slides in. What's going on, Steve? Yeah, maybe. Uh, by the way, I, I agree with the listener. Great interview with Kerr. I like <laughs> wow, you too, DeSager. He's been on wow. like, what, 10, 15 times? Always good. It's money wow. in the bank, Ernie. Like Thank that. you very much. Steve-o. Steve-o. <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm going to retweet that, too, also because he's got a Raider meme. All right, where do you want to start? Uh, we'll start with Lawrence Tanter. For those who don't know who that is, I will play a little clip. Six, seven, and his fourth season from Lawrence Marion High School. That is the deep voice PA announcer of the Lakers for many. 
many, many years. Uh. Longtime PA announcer was out sick tonight. He missed a Laker game for the first time in over 20 years, snapping a streak of over 800 games. Of course, the way the Lakers have played the last five years, I'm surprised so they didn't take a night off earlier. But Brandon Ingram and Alonzo Ball out tonight, and they lost to Sacramento 84-83. Oh. to 83. Meanwhile, the Sunday night ball game was at Dodger Stadium. L.A. was up one nothing on the Giants in the sixth. Each team with just dreadful offense in these first four games to start the season. Eventually, though, 9 nothing L.A. the final, and the slumping Giants become the first major league team in 30 years to start their first four games of a season with only two runs. The last team to do that, the 1988 Orioles, who, as I recall, lost their first 21 games to start Ooh, that season. So wow. the Giants were e- at least able to get a couple of one nothing wins thanks to Joe Panic homer opening day against Kershaw, Joe Panic homer second game against Kenley Jansen. Those are the only two innings out of the first four days of the season that the Giants have scored. Granted, they are missing two starting pitchers. Their closers hurt as well, but the offense is a major problem. Yeah, I was going to say two starting pitchers and, and a closer is not going to bring you more offense. That's I think sure Madison Bumgarner would have been the offense had he played oh, yeah, in this true. whole yeah. four-game series. Minnesota Twins got a 7 nothing shutout at Baltimore, and afterwards there was a controversy that should not have been one. The idiotic... Uh, what is it? Unwritten rules that baseball has. Yeah, this, I got a list this, of it right. In this front one's of me. not even unwritten, and right. and the Twins were ticked off because the opponent down seven nothing in the ninth, bunted for a single. I'm sorry, he's trying to win a game and get on base. <laughs> Needs to get on. Really? Base. <laughs> there was one quote after another from the Twins about, "Oh, that's a no-no in baseball. It's not good for the game." It wasn't a no-hitter. It was a one-hitter. It was a one-hitter, and they had put on a shift anyway. That's right. Nobody was playing third. So he yeah. butted to third and got aboard. And it was the same guy at bat who got the one hit, a double in the third inning. There is no reason, Twins, back off for a minute, that someone trying to get on base. Oh, my goodness, what is going on with you people? Nothing not was to try wrong. To win. Yeah. Nothing was wrong. Wow. Shohei Otani was the starting pitcher, his Major League pitching debut for the Angels today. I saw it. He was very good. Oh, I saw it too easy, Babe Ruth. Relax. Six. In, oh. No, I'm not saying he's Babe Ruth by any stretch. Just because he lines up as a DH doesn't mean he can hit Major League pitching. On the mound, though, he was 100 miles an hour in the first inning and still 98 in the sixth yeah. inning. And he was, was pretty good. He yeah, was he averaging was. 98 miles an hour on his fastball today. Retired 14 of the last 15 batters he six faced. Six strikeouts, I think. Yes, in six yeah. innings. And seven to four, Angels won at Oakland. In the bottom of the second, Otani allowed two straight singles and a quick three-run homer, and that was it for any offense really against him. He was very good. Defending champion Houston wins again. They've added Garrett Cole to the starting rotation. He only had eleven so strikeouts in his seven innings. They win at Houston uh, at Texas again. Eight-two uh, was the final for Houston, and the Washington Nationals are three and zero. Bryce Harper hit two solo homers, six-five the final Jeez. at Cincinnati. How about the Yankees? They had a lead, and then at Toronto, Justin Smoke hit a two-run homer in the seventh and a grand slam in the eighth for Toronto to steal the game, 7-4 over New York. New York Mets did lose, Arnie. Stephen Matz looking like last year. Stephen Matz takes the loss. St. Louis 5-1 the final, and uh, Miami and Boston each got wins. And as for that NBA game at Denver, 
the Nuggets in the playoff chase for the last spot in the West. They were trailing Milwaukee by eight points with a minute to go in regulation. Later got fouled on a three-point try, hit all three free throws to tie it and send it to overtime, and then won the game in overtime. 128-125 in the loss. Giannis Antetokounmpo was kicked out for Milwaukee with less than four minutes left in regulation. The Bucks were up by 10 at the time. Crazy. Wow. Crazy night. And by the way, congratulations to the Portland Trailblazers, who officially clinched a playoff spot tonight. They're looking to be in pretty good shape for that three seed. There's a battle from about four to nine for playoff positioning right now in the West. Uh, I'm playing that. But Arnie hates San Antonio. We'll get into that coming up next hour as well, too, on a busy night with Arnie and Plank on Fox Sports Radio. Hour two, Arnie and Plank on a Fox Sports Sunday into a Monday in the Eastern and Central time zones. As we come to you live from the Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by Geico, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance, visit geico.com for a free rate quote. We've talked Final Four. we got a lot of football talk coming up this hour, some NBA chat as well, too. But, Arnie, why are you so anti-San Antonio as a site oh, for the Final Four? I, Where is this coming oh, from? I don't know. Yesterday I said, look, you know, they were talking about San Antonio. I was talking with Aaron Torres, who I do the show with on Saturdays, and we're talking about, you know, going down to, he's never been down to the Riverwalk. I go, you know, it's nice and all, but it seems like we added a lot there. I didn't know it had not been there in 10 years. I go, let's move it around a little bit. Let's, you know, let's let's get this thing going. Let's, let's you know, try to get out to L.A. and New York and people just ripping me over saying something like that. Well, and I, I would say that I have I've never been to San Antonio. It's like a it's, great it's a place dream to go down there. I love everything about it. It's one of my favorite cities to want to go to. I've never been, but I want to. Oh, With look at set, you, just stop it. What? I'm being honest here. I love I love the I love everything about it. I just haven't been able to go yet. Why? Have you why been you to Maui? On, uh, I have been to Maui. I've been to a lot of really cool places. I, okay, I want to go, so. go see it. I'm a big margarita guy, Arnie. I need myself some good Tex-Mex, some good uh, – <laughs> I need some good San Antonio grub. Walk up and down the uh, river walk. Anyway, with that said, I think it's been a really cool site for the Final Four. I mean, they had uh, – someone just tweeted at us that they had, what, 60,000-plus that were outside – uh, watching the uh, watching the festivities, it's what what's wrong with San Antonio? Nothing. There's nothing wrong with San Antonio. We've had it there before. I would. I said we should have it at Jerry's World. I have it out there in Dallas. I don't know. You know what's wrong with that place, Chris? You got a problem with Dallas? All of a sudden, I I'm moving Not around there this a weekend. Bit. Well, here's my well, – it doesn't stay in the same damn place. Have you paid attention over the last year? This is the first time it's been in San Antonio in a in while. Ten, yeah, I know that. I didn't know – yesterday I didn't know it had been 10 years. But yeah. And it, it seems like every major event ends up in San Antonio one way or the other, it seems like. Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you what. There is a part of me, and this has nothing to do with cities. And this has nothing to do with Phoenix or Houston or Indianapolis or Arlington or Atlanta. I don't like the idea of these games being played in football stadiums. I think it's dumb. And we started doing it, what, uh, let's see, we got to go back to probably 97, whenever that really started, maybe even back to 93, where every so often you would have it in these larger stadiums, these larger venues. But I just, I mean, the toothpaste is out of the tube, so it's not changing. I mean, it's going to Minneapolis next year. It's going to Atlanta in 2020, and then back to Indianapolis in 2021. But I I'm just I'm not a fan of putting it in a dome to begin with. Oh. Hey, 
find a basketball and, arena. And then Sal, the guy who's been ripping me, going, tell me where there's a dome in New York unless there's something I'm missing out there, stinking genius with your hot takes. I don't know. I, well, first of all, put it in the carrier dome. I don't care. Put it up there. <laughs> yeah, you thought I was talking Manhattan. Put it in upstate New York. So at least there's one place you could have it. Do you know the last time the Final Four was played in New York? I guess hypothetically we it should be include... Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Well, I guess hypothetically we we could include it. it was in East Rutherford, New Jersey, in 1996. The last time the Final Four was played in New York, Arnie, was 1950. So uh, it's been a bit wow. since they actually did it in New York. So I Listen, I don't have a problem with the site. I have a problem with the venue. I wish that we would actually play in these crazy things called basketball arenas in order to house the – I know it's, it's wild, but they actually have arenas built for this sport. But let's put them in a football arena, cut the damn thing in half, and make it seem like it's a major event. Oh, it's and, never made and, any sense And to by me. the way, I hate – I hate – the elevated uh, floor where, you know, the guys have to step up to get onto the floor. You know what I'm talking about, Chris? No, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's just you would think that we have never had an arena for basketball. But beyond that, we've talked a lot of championship game. Tomorrow night, Michigan-Villanova should should be fun. Hopefully you... it will be fun. The problem, though, is, Arnie, these are two teams that could potentially play a style that bores everyone to tears. It could be if Villanova doesn't shoot the ball well, like a 15-12 to 12 game at the half or something like that. So just you never be, made be a case. Warned. I was going to say you never made a case for, uh, for Porter, uh, the coach of Loyola, to stay there or to leave. He's 40 years old. Obviously, he's going to be in high demand. I'm not sure what jobs are open out there, but is the grass always greener? If there is a high-profile job out there, do you think that he should go ahead and jump on it, or is the grass not always greener? I don't know of any good college basketball jobs that are open right now. I I don't. I mean, Pitt already hired a coach. Jeff Capel went there. I, I don't see... Any, I mean, is is Steve Alford going to get moved on from at UCLA? I don't think so. Wait, wait, was a, was Pitt a better job than? Well, it is a better job, but is that a big step up for him to leave Loyola? I don't, I don't know. know. It's it's a it's in a major conference, so I just threw it out there. I mean, hell, I mean, Sean Miller was trying to get out of Arizona and was throwing his name around. He wanted to get to a real job, right? Right. Well, uh, but with that, that said, Arnie, yeah. he denied it. But uh, yeah. I, I'm a firm believer that everything I read on the internet is true. Arnie. <laughs> But with, I think I think it's twofold here. Number one, I think the dude has the personality that if I'm I'm just going to throw mid major schools out there. If I'm Colorado, or I'm sorry, major conference schools out there. If I'm a Colorado or I'm an Oklahoma or whomever, and I'm looking for a head coach, I want to talk to this guy, right? I mean, he's oh, got absolutely. a great personality. He obviously did a great job in resurrecting this program, and seems to have all of that it that you want from a coach. But again, Louisville hired Chris Mack. Xavier moved up with a, with a, a an assistant. I mean, I, I don't know, Arnie. Usually by this point, there's been a couple major dominoes that have fallen in the college basketball coaching world, right? Am I, am I missing something right now? Is there going to be a, a, a shocking retirement? This could be the quietest coaching carousel that we've had in a while. No, I actually think you're right about that. Um, you know, we team. always talk about that up here in Vermont, that Vermont's coach is going to leave. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked also there's not more rumors or uh, not that I want coaches to get fired, that more have not been fired after the year. So, uh, yeah, it is, it is very quiet out there. By the way, he's had one good year. He's been at Loyola yeah. a while now. So do you just go on that one good year or, you know, I mean, do you, is it buyer beware on something like that? Well, it's the same thing with Ryan Odom. 
after Maryland Baltimore County won, right. everyone was like, "Oh my gosh, Ryan Odom's going to be the he's going to be the sparkle in every single '80s eye." And you're thinking, well, "What what what coaches are looking or what '80s are looking for coaches right now?" It's been a quiet year. I so. saw East Carolina. I think I don't know if they have an opening. Jeff Lebo, the old North Carolina uh, a player, used to be that coach down there. Yeah, he got fired mid-season, yeah. I think, Arnie. In fact, I think he got fired at the quarter pole of the season, unfortunately. And listen, I'm a firm believer that if you're doing well at a mid-major, you stay there. I mean, obviously, if Bill Self would have just stayed at Tulsa, Arnie, yes, there you it, go. It, life would have been great for him. He would have yeah. never had to worry about losing Final Four games. He would be in good shape. I don't know. He should have gone back to Tulsa. Uh, all right, um, 877-99 on Fox, 877-996-6369. So just to clarify. Before I jump into football, you don't hate San Antonio. I don't hate – one more – I don't hate San Antonio. I'm giving the championship game about a 6 or a 7 in anticipation. And Villanova already has a 10-point lead over Michigan. So there you go. All right. There you go, Josh. And there our friends go. at the ticket and our buddy Mike Taylor in the Thunderdome. Arnie Spanier claims he doesn't hate your, your, your city until someone tweets something mean about it. And him, and then he'll crush you. All right, uh, talk some NFL. Help me here, Arnie, before we grab our first break and go in-depth on some draft talk. Is OBJ, do you think Odell Beckham Jr. is on his way out? Are you buying all this smoke that's going around right now? It almost appears to be too much for there not to be something going on in New York with potentially trying to move Odell to Los Angeles or other places for maybe one or two first-round picks. What do you think? Right. Uh, twofold. Yes, I believe where there's smoke, there's fire, and that the Giants are shopping him around. I do believe that the Rams might be the front-runner in getting him. I don't think he's going to be on the Giants when the season starts. Two, that's exactly what they should do. Because I'm not dealing with a guy like this. The days of me opening up the purse strings uh, like Antonio Brown got uh, in Pittsburgh, I'm not giving you that when you're going to act like a diva like this and say you're not coming to the training camp and i got to see the picture of you on this and the picture on the boat and white, uh, what's the white substance there. And, and you, you've missed what? How many games have you missed in the, in the four-year career? Like 16 games? I, I know a lot of them came on one injury. I'm not giving you nothing, especially with my team in such disarray. I could get a lot of draft picks and really rebuild at that point. Say goodbye. I'll send you out to Hollywood. I'm tired of your diva act. Yeah, and and again, it's not you're not going to if some of those. Well, I wouldn't give up two first round picks. Well, let's here's your first round wide receiver picks. Uh, over the last couple of years. This past season, it was Corey Davis, Mike Williams, and John Ross. Difference makers, y'all. 2016, Corey Coleman, who they tried to trade. He may have been traded. Will Fuller, who can't stay healthy. Add Josh Doxson to that list, who can't stay healthy. And Laquan Treadwell. Only in 2015, you had six receivers go in the first round, and maybe one of them has been a major difference maker. Amari Cooper, Kevin White, Devontae Parker, Nelson Aguilar, Brashard Perryman, and Philip Dorsett. Yuck. I mean, you should be able to not only get a couple first-rounders for him, but if you're a team that wants a wide receiver and a difference maker, I'm more than willing to give up a couple knowing that I'm not getting a star-quality wide receiver in the first round. This year's draft is very thin at wide receiver. Next year's draft, meh. 
But if you're a Rams, you're going to be picking in the low uh, 20s anyway. Why not, right? Well, you're not going to get two number one picks. First of all, look what Belichick just got for uh, for Garoppolo, just a second-round pick, which right now is like the steal of sports history if it turns out that Jimmy G is as good as we think he is. But getting back to you know all these busts that you said a wide receiver, you're actually making the case that you don't even really need a big-time wide receiver. You just need some good ones, uh, you know, kind of like the way New England does, guys that, uh, you know, do their jobs. You got one, of course, Cooks that's going to stretch the defense. You got the other ones that Brady's love that used to go to for third down all the time. Of course, those guys are going uh, injuries and, and, and new contracts, Amendola and Edelman and those guys. So you don't really need the big-time wide receiver, which is, I think, the case that you just made when you said all these guys were big bust out there. Yeah, but I'm telling you what. If I'm Sean McVay and I'm the Rams – I, what, Kevin Dimitrov still running the show out there in Los Angeles? Arnie, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to trade a couple first-round picks for him. You might say he's not worth it. You might be right. But he's 25. He's still an incredible difference maker. You're not going to be able to rebuild around him with the Giants, right? It, I love the death, but it just doesn't appear like and that. And you're going to give him that extension right now. You're going to trade for well, you have to, but you can't just go ahead yeah. and, and pay that king's ransom and not give him the extension. So you're going to trade. You're going to give up a boatload of picks there, and then um, you're going to go ahead and sign him for all the money in the world. Good luck to you. Send me a postcard. Enjoy that, my friend. Well, your Giants might end up doing that. But good. I, I hope th- they do. You say a boatload of picks. What if two it's picks. a one and a two? I mean, that's and, – and you're looking at a team that's probably going to be pretty good again next year. They've added the best two corners that were available this offseason. They've ad- added the biggest difference maker on the interior of its defensive line. They obviously have a guy who gets it as their coach in McVay offensively who's always adapting, and Goff made enormous leaps in year two. Uh, you saw what Gurley became, Arnie. I'm not too afraid I, to trade you my 30th or 29th this pick is, in that first round. I, this is what I do then. I'm going to use my second pick to go ahead and get Josh Rosen, and then all these other picks that I'm going to get for, for Odell Beckham, I'm going to go ahead and take two. those picks. I'm going to package it back there. I'm going to move back up, and I'm going to get Saquon Barkley. And that's going to be my future with Josh Rosen and Saquon Barkley. How you liking that, big boy? Well, I'll tell you. The coach of Josh Rosen in yeah. the the coach of Josh Rosen in college wouldn't necessarily agree with you. Yeah, I we'll heard that. To... That's taken out of context. Relax uh, yourself. I don't know. We'll yeah, find out is. next. You, I don't. I cannot believe you're so pro Josh Rosen. I am. We'll get into it next, right here with Arnie and Plank on a Fox Sports Sunday. Arnie and Plank on a Fox Sports Sunday. He's Arnie Spanier. I am merely Chris Plank. E-Rob running the show along with Papa Bear back in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studio. Steve DeSager on updates in about 10 minutes. We'll get you caught up on everything from today. And we're brought to you by Granger, the products and services you need when you need them. Granger's got your back to help you keep your facility running. Granger for the ones who get it done. A couple of quick tweets, and I got some NFL stuff for you. Is, All right. Are you going to allow me to talk some NFL? Of or? course, of course. Go ahead. All right, all right. A couple of quick ones here, just quickly. Uh, John writes, Arnie, I would not sign Beckham for anything. He's a head case, and I wouldn't want his act on my team. Amen to that, and especially if you're going to go ahead and get a couple good draft picks for it, and by a couple good ones, if you told me a first and a second, I'm all in. I'm I'm going to go ahead and and rebuild my team right now. I wish I could have gotten rid of Eli Manning, but I have no problem with Josh Rosen spending one year on the bench. You know, it's kind of crazy uh, on on the – Rams front with everything they've done, Arnie. 
because they've brought in some guys that have been known to be locker room slash character concerns. But with the way that locker – and again, this is all from afar. We still have yet to see them practice once together. But with guys like Sue and then you you add into the mix, what, to Peters and Tlaib, you've got a lot of interesting personalities that you have to blend and mesh. And you throw in an, an Odell Beckham Jr. to that – that's that's a lot of egos. Yeah, the only thing that bothers me room. is people like Ben Maller jumping on that bandwagon now. It's going to be disgusting. Well, I, he was planning the parade through downtown oh, LA. Oh, jeez. Like midway through the season last year. Disgusting. Uh, our first baseball tweet of 2018 comes to us from Ernie, who writes, The Tigers are 0-3, and seriously, there's unconfirmed reports here in Detroit that Joe Torrey has been contacted already. <laughs> Is the Tigers' season <laughs> over already after this first season? They have been Arnie? mathematically eliminated. I have checked, and yes, they have been mathematically eliminated from the playoff race, Chris. Hell, their manager got ejected from his first game in, what, the second or third inning? What a mess. Well, at least he's warming up pitches before he takes some out. So at least i got to give him that credit, you know? Don't be – now listen, it's a whole new level of brilliance that's going on in Philly, Arnie. <laughs> You're just going to catch on – Eventually, when you smarten up to what's going on in Philadelphia right now, Ugh. it's baseball, man. We don't have to overanalyze. You don't have to overthink it. It's baseball. Uh, Brian writes, Spanier is still not over his UConn women losing. Choking dogs like that weasel, his buddy Gino. Pound Wow. Sand. That's a lot of hate. When did Brian. I become a UConn women's apologist? I have no idea when that happened, Chris. I don't know how that happened. You were rooting against him today, yeah. weren't you? If I remember correctly. I <sighs> Uh, I wasn't a UConn homer, that's for damn sure. Coming up in our final segment, of course, it's the much-anticipated Arnie's picks. Fernando drops this. Last I saw, Nova's a a 6.5-point favorite. The over-under is 145.5. Boy, that seems like a rather high number. Am I crazy with these two Yes, you're crazy on that, Chris, and I will give you the final score of the game coming up in the last segment. But, yes, you're absolutely nuts on that. There's a definite way to go on this one. Uh, probably should be. And then Mike writes, the first game in next year's Final Four will be interesting because U.S. Bank Stadium is half glass on the roof. I actually think the sun could influence the game. How dumb is that? It's like that game they had on the aircraft carrier. Yeah, the one they didn't get to play because it got too windy. Yeah, It's an issue in Dallas. It's an issue in Jerry's world. So I, I would imagine it would be an issue here. As well, too. So good tweets. Keep them coming. At Stinking Genius One. I'm at Plank Show. So you're all in now on Josh Rosen. How did this start? Where did this come from? Wait, wait, wait. What do you, how did it, what do you mean, how did this start? Did I ever, was I ever anti-Josh Rosen to begin with or what? Well, he's a UCLA guy and you're an Arizona guy. Well, and I, I just I, assume I, that, you I'm know. Not, you I'm not pulling for UCLA football. We're just talking about the individual here. And, and look, let's say it the way it is. I still think Sam Darnold's going to be the number one pick. And, by the way, I, the fact that Ryan Leaf was a Ryan Leaf that said, if you're a quarterback, stay away from Cleveland, I think that's a bunch of baloney. Let me tell you something. You could be a very successful quarterback in Cleveland if you had the right coach and the right system and some people around you. And I think that starts this year. But I do, back to your question, I think Josh Rosen should be the second pick. I hope the Giants take him. I would love to have him as my quarterback for the next 15 years uh, for the New York Giants. I'd be I, I'd be willing to ship out Eli Manning right now. But, unfortunately, uh, he'll, he'll play one more year. And he'll say his goodbyes, and I'm okay with that. And Josh Rosen will take over after that. 
Can we keep this segment, by the way, Eric, can we make sure we keep that clip in three years from now when Rosen is either somewhere else in sucking or sucking? I'll follow wow. in the archives next to the uh, Arizona Wildcats <laughs> wow. winning the national championship the last wow. two years um, next to the Giants and the Dolphins, Dolphins meaning the, in the, the, Super the Super Bowl. Bowl. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of subfolders going on. You're yeah. crushing me. Here's the thing, though. And, again, I understand. I kind of dig the honesty coming from Jim Mora. Here's what he said, and you tell me how it was taken out of context. Whenever the head coach at UCLA who coached him in college was asked who he would take with the first overall pick in the draft, he said he would take Sam Darnold over Josh Rosen. Meaning that that, uh, Sam Darnold's a better fit for the Browns than Josh Rosen is. That's that's how he tried to weasel out of it, I guess is what I'm saying. Let me point this out. If you are an elite quarterback, fit does not mean bleep. It couldn't matter at all and shouldn't matter at all. You're good. DeSager taught me this a while back. Good is good. All right. You're going to go somewhere. And if you're good, great is great. It doesn't matter what the fit is. You're either going to go there and be great or you're going to go somewhere else and be great. Are you going to go somewhere else and be great? You know, that that's kind of how I feel about saying fit for a guy like Josh Rosen. He tried, Arnie, your boy, Jim Mora, tried to kind of backtrack a little bit because I think he I think he didn't realize how that came off. But then again, he said that nobody, no NFL general managers have contacted him to ask him about Josh Rosen, which I find surprising because I'm guaranteeing you that if you call Clay Helton, he's going to tell you that Sam Darnold's the best quarterback in the draft. I know if you call Lincoln Riley, he's going to tell you Baker Mayfield is. I bet if you call Bobby Petrino, he's going to tell you Lamar Jackson's the best in the draft. And if you call Mike Gundy, he's going to tell you that uh, Mason Rudolph's the best quarterback in the draft. A guy who coached him for three years would take your arch rival over him? What the hell? Didn't we rip Dabo Sweeney for saying Deshaun Watson was like Michael Jordan? Then we go, get out of here. What's wrong with you? And and we ripped him to shreds over saying something like that? Did we do that or what? Sure, we ripped him to shreds, but <laughs> he's still supporting his guy. He's I, still telling so, you that he's but it's, worth that It's pick. damn if you do, damn if you don't. If you're saying, I don't think Josh Rosen's a good fit for Cleveland, we jump all over him. If you say my quarterback's better than Michael Jordan, we jump all over you. It doesn't matter what they say, you know? Well, I'll tell you this much. He didn't do Josh Rosen, I think, any no, more favors no. when he said this. Quote, he was. this is from uh, Pete... Uh, Pete King's, like Pete King, like we're buddies and I can call him Pete. Peter (laughs) King's Monday morning quarterback article where he heard the same thing we did and reached out to Jim Mora Jr. Here's what he said about Rosen. Quote, he needs to be challenged intellectually so he doesn't get bored. He's a millennial. He wants to know why. Millennials, once they know why, they're good. Josh has a lot of interests in life. If you can hold his concentration level and focus only on football for a few years, he will set the world on fire. He has so much ability, and he's a really good kid. So, I i mean, if you're telling me that I've got to worry about keeping a guy intellectually challenged, I know you're trying to say he's smart, but does that not give you any concerns at all? Yeah, I don't like the way that sounds either. If I'm Josh Rosen, I'd play. I'd say, Can you stop doing interviews for just a little bit longer stop until talking. until the draft? Stop helping me, okay? Let's just 
Let's, let's just go work from here. I'll, I'll defend myself. Stop defending me because you're just making it worse for crying out loud. Well, I don't even know what that means. If you, if you could keep his attention to football over the next couple of years, he can light up. the. That doesn't sound good at all. I, I think you're right. He just made it a little bit worse when he was trying to make it better, Chris. It'll be fascinating to see how teams respond to his hold the concentration level take. That seems odd. There's another rumor going around. I guess we're just talking nothing but your Giants here before DeSager slides in. There's a there's a little bit of a buzz building, and I think I think Dan Patrick talked about this here on Fox Sports Radio, that the Browns are on the verge of pulling off a deal with either the Broncos or the Giants to potentially move up to number one. Now, again, you would swap first, uh, first and second or maybe first and third what, where are the Broncos at? Five, is that right? First and five or first and second? And the Browns would get from the Giants not only their number two pick, but let's see, a second, a third, and a third from next year. And some think that maybe the Cleveland Browns are playing a little rope-a-dope, trying to make everyone believe that they're going to take Sam Darnold, when in reality, Arnie, they're open for business. Could Darnold be the apple of the New York Giants' eye and they want to move up to get him? That's a high price tag to pay there, especially when you've got the number two pick. Unless you believe that Josh Rosen just doesn't fit into your plans or you've got warning signs or, you know, maybe Cleveland thinks that uh, Josh Allen's their quarterback and they want to drop down and, and see if they get a bargain there. I Jeez, I mean, that, that, that's a good point, but I don't, I don't think the Giants are going to go that way. I, I don't see that happening. I could be wrong, either. but I, I think they're going to go with Rosen and stick that way, you know. The theory is that the Browns would get that number two pick, obviously, and then they would get the 66th overall pick, which would, what, be a second-round pick, maybe a third-round pick, Uh, the 108th pick, and then their 2019 third-round pick as well, too. That's a lot to move up one slot, especially whenever so many people have all these quarterbacks on the same level. But, hey, if you think Denver is going to jump up and try to get a quarterback ahead of you, Maybe you do it. but I thought Buffalo buzz. was going to jump up to go ahead and get it. They had two first-round picks I thought they were going to use. They're still trying. They're still trying. And we'll talk about that when we come back to the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. But first, ladies and gentlemen, Steve DeSager rolling in to get us caught up on everything that's going on. What's up, Steve? Forget keeping Josh Rosen challenged. How about an offensive line that can keep him upright? Wow. He only played 11 games, had 26 sacks against him last year. That was notable. He's not going to have a long NFL career at those numbers. I'm not saying it's like Carr coming to the expansion Texans or anything, but that is a consideration. Uh, I was looking at some of the baseball attendance. I don't know if you saw any of the Marlins games this year. Derek Jeter was at opening day and probably wasn't introduced because he would have been booed. The guy took over in the ownership group and immediately traded all three outfielders, among other moves. So the Marlins attendance today. 10,000, and that's, I assume, paid attendance, and that includes all the Cubs fans that were in Florida (laughs) this weekend. So not good, and it's only the first week of the season. The Reds' home game only had 10,000 small crowds for Tampa Bay and Oakland as well. Uh, We do have college basketball's national championship game tomorrow night, Villanova against Michigan. I think I brought it up once before, but the odds to win this title as of 12 months ago Villanova was 12 to 1 to win it yeah. all. Michigan was 20 to 1 to win it all. 
teams like Duke and Kentucky were 10 to 1. Notre Dame won the women's final tonight on a last second three pointer. NASCAR was off for Easter this weekend. Next Sunday's race will be on FS1 from Texas. Ian Poulter won the Houston Open, a great story. First playoff hole. He wins the event, and that qualifies him for the Masters, which starts this week, Thursday. Poulter shot a first round 73 in this Houston tournament. He was as low as 123rd place last Thursday, and now he's going to the Masters. The LPGA major in Southern California will resume in the morning on the fifth hole of a playoff out in the desert. And sadly, we have a Todd Marinovich update as he is back in jail after Uh being arrested twice in recent weeks in his native Orange County. According to a report, he is still, according to records, in custody at Men's Central Jail in Santa Ana, the city where he was high school star before becoming a Rose Bowl quarterback at USC and later a first-round draft choice of the Raiders in the early 90s. The L.A. Chargers agreed to a one-year deal with quarterback Geno Smith. NHL wins for Washington and Nashville. The late NBA game went to Sacramento over the Lakers 84-83. Did you know the Lakers are going to have a statue of Elgin Baylor this Friday night unveiled outside Staples Center? They have plenty of statues at the Plaza, Kareem, Magic, Jerry West, Shaq, many others. Elgin Baylor, it must be noted, not enough people know this. The NBA Finals, Lakers versus Celtics, 1962. Elgin Baylor in Game 5 at Boston scored 61 points with 22 rebounds in a Finals game. It went to Game 7 at Boston in overtime. The Lakers lost it. Baylor had 41 points, 22 rebounds in the Game 7. As I recall, never won an NBA Finals. He retired right before they won the title in 72. As for the playoffs, Chris, you had mentioned how bunched up things are in the NBA's Western Conference. Denver, with the incredible comeback and overtime win at home tonight, Denver's only a game behind New Orleans for the eighth and final playoff spot in the West. Golden State sent Phoenix to a 15th straight loss. San Antonio dominated Houston. Philadelphia won its 10th straight game, and Indiana beat the Clippers in a day game, 111-104. Victor Oladipo, 30 points, 12 assists. Indiana has won five in a row, and the Clippers are two games out of the last playoff spot with about five games left regular season. I like season. my Knicks this year. I'm going with the Knicks this year. <laughs> yeah, you go, what is it, 50, 55 losses? I'm, what are they I'm up to sticking with them. I'm sticking with them through thick and thin. Oh, sorry, it's an even 50 right now. They yeah. could get up to 55. Don't the, make it worse. The late ball game, Dodgers 9 nothing over the Giants. Up until second half of that game tonight, each team still missing an offense to start the season. But nine nothing the final. Back to you. They, they made up for all the runs they didn't have on what uh, Thursday or Friday night Ugh, and Saturday. Not much hitting. They they got a what two runs on an air, a couple of sack flies. It just made it look like they hit last night. <laughs> they finally woke up tonight. Thanks to Sager. Mm-hmm. We come to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way yep. is hey, easy. Hey, Blake, if the Rams traded for Odell Beckham Jr. and Gronk, who would get in trouble first at the nightlife, Gronk or Odell? Or would they go out together and then TMZ would have the best time for the like the next two, three years? So help me understand what's really good. Before I get to... Uh, a couple of actually really good tweets. Dar- Real quick, Derek goes, I'm sure the clips of you slobbering all over Mayfield will be kept, too. Yeah, please keep him, Daryl. Wow. I-, I like I like Daryl. 
Daryl's an idiot whenever it comes to talking about Baker Mayfield. I don't think you've watched a single game of Baker Mayfield. But he writes, Josh Rosen will be a flat-out stud. I hope you get him, Arnie. Coach Mora is a fraud. What the hell's he done? Wow. Okay, great. No, he was being called. And then I like this, too. This is a great point, but unfortunately it doesn't fit. Billy writes, he's right, Arnie. Steve Young was awesome in Tampa. Scheme doesn't matter. You pulled out one example from 1987? <laughs> That's what you – you went with nine – whenever quarterbacks could sit for a while. You know how rare it was that a quarterback that was drafted early would actually play in the – you went with the 80s, bro? What are you, like 70? Come on. Well, you get so mad. You get so defensive. I love it. I love it. Because you're so calm and cool and laid back with everything whenever you get crushed. (laughs) Um, What is going on with Gronk? Now, uh, are you starting to wonder if we're creating something? Or is there a disdain between he and Belichick? What's going on? Uh, Seth, uh, help me with the name. Seth, um, the guy who wrote the article. Yeah, Wickersham. Um, I I totally believe. Look, I don't know if it's 100% true. But I totally believe that there was some problem stirring between Tom Brady, uh, between Bill Belichick. I think Gronkowski's tired of Belichick's way. I think a lot of players are tired of Belichick's way. When uh, who was the Patriot that left to go to another team and Gronk uh, tweets out, uh, enjoy, have freedom and live and enjoy. That was a shot at Belichick, and you better believe it. People are tired. You know, you're supposed to, you know, you talk about managers that get hired in baseball and then say, he's a player's manager. He's not going to do it the old stodgy way. He's going to do it the young way and, you know, talk and be friends. And Belichick doesn't want to conform. And until he conforms, and he's never going to conform, people are going to start, you know, rebelling. And that's what's going on here, Chris. Yeah, and it's interesting, too. You are talking about the Danny Amendola tweet that he sent out when Amendola signed somewhere else. And yeah, that was kind of. Over and that was just what a couple weeks ago. But with that in mind, I mean, it, we're still pre-draft. You know, we're still in early April. But is there a deadline? Have they talked about wanting to know? Hey, you're the one that's floated this out there. Your people are the one that are kind of talking about this. Have they set a date to when they want to know whether or not he's in or out? Or are they just going to no, have look, to? There's no date. And if correct me if I'm wrong. Gronk gets a million-dollar roster bonus if he just keeps his mouth shut. And that's coming up in about, what, six weeks or something like that, two months? or So he's not even if he was going to retire, he's not going to say anything until right. he collected that million-dollar roster bonus. So, you know, that's just called good business. Um, <laughs> I think – am I wrong about that or no, what? No, you're I mean, not. You're not wrong at all. I Keep your mouth all. shut. We'll give you a million dollars, and in six weeks you can make your decision. I think he's going to come back anyway. I think he's just tired of Belichick, uh, Bel- uh, Belichick's garbage, and he's he's finally you know wielding a little power that he has right now. So we've talked about this a lot. For those who don't know, Arnie lives in the New England area. I guess we can say, are we? I I know that I feel like we've said this every year for like the last five years. But Arnie, with with Brady and into his forties now, with Gronk thinking about retirement, with there being alleged issues between Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick, and then the fight to keep Josh McDaniels around, are we seeing the end of the Patriots dynasty as we know it? You don't even have to say alleged. Robert Kraft called the meeting with him, Belichick, and Brady. I mean, that was just, what, about a month ago? or I mean, we found that out, and... 
You know, he had some interesting things to say about that also. So you know there's a problem here. And, yes, the dynasty is over. And I would not be surprised if Bill Belichick is this his final year and he just calls it quits after this because, I mean, you can see the writing on the wall. The Patriots are going to have a very, very tough year this year because they certainly lost a lot of players and they had to replace them. Not going to be a fun year if you're a Patriot fan. So this may be the final go-around for Bill Belichick. Yeah, and if you think about things in the AFC, it's getting very interesting. You know, you've seen some teams make some power moves to try to compete. I'm not trying to put the Jets on a pedestal, Arnie, but New York. I thought you were going to say Osweiler. (laughs) No, 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 no. no. The the Jets have made some interesting moves. Keep an eye on what the Bills have done as they try to continue to improve. You know, speaking of teams at a crossword, Pittsburgh is very much at a crossroad. Did I say crossword? Crossroad this offseason with what they might do now looking forward in the post-Ben Roethlisberger era. Yeah, Baltimore thinking the same thing with Joe Flacco. And then you look out west. The Chargers had a nice run. The Raiders bring in John Gruden. The AFC doesn't necessarily look like that cakewalk. And, oh, by the way, Jacksonville's still there. And all they're going to continue to do is add more defensive talent. So I think it's going to be a fun year in the AFC, and someone's going to come and try to take the throne. From you didn't the, say much about the Raiders losing their punter now, did you, huh? Well, that's because that's the second term time I'll use this term. That's because he's an idiot. Remember that great wow. quote from, well, Marquette King. He's an idiot. I love him to death, and I loved him on the Raiders, but your punter shouldn't be picking up personal fouls, period. I get a kick out of how hard he, uh, pardon the pun, I get a kick out of how hard he worked. I love it. But in the end, bro, you're a punter, okay? Go punt the football. Sit down. I don't need your dance. If you pin him inside the one, great. And when you go on the NFL Network and you talk about your new coach like he did, you're probably not going to be around for very long. So message sent. Unfortunately, your message was cutting a punter. Hey, Gruden, so in the Gruden end, say, I don't know if it Gruden said I, it wasn't like I didn't like his punt thing. I just didn't like his personality. So well, he pretty Gruden much hasn't said anything. Yeah. Gruden hasn't said anything. That's just the report that's oh, out okay. there right now. But, yeah. Well, he'll, that he'll is be the a great report, though, somewhere. That, yeah, that is the report out there, though. All right. When we come back to the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, you're always anticipated picks yeah. from Arnie for the National Championship game and Major League Baseball. That's next. He's Arnie Spanier. I'm Chris Plank on a Fox Sports Sunday. Great news. Ben Maller's next. More great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com. And in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Thanks to Papa Bear, E-Rob, Steve DeSager, all making the show possible tonight. we got a few things to get to before we get out. We yeah. won't be able to get to the Hassan Whiteside story, who was fined for comments detrimental to the team. Remember whenever everyone thought he was going to be such a transcendent star? Yeah. 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 We didn't get to the debate about the Colts, whether or not they're in rebuilding mode. Oh, we did talk a little bit about uh, Gronk. I feel like it's a sports radio requirement that you have a Rob Gronkowski segment during the offseason. We haven't talked Des Bryant tonight, maybe before we get out. And also, you know, I had a lot because Twitter's been really good over the last couple of shows that we've had. Here's a few. Uh, Blind Scott, who is, I think, your biggest fan, Arnie. He writes, what's a rough year? We are always in the Super Bowl. We'll be there again. Yeah, you're not winning the division this year. You might not even make the playoffs. That's a rough year. How about that, Blind Scott? By the way, Blind Scott, Arnie has said this now going on like five, six years and counting. When I'll be right one time, though. 
Uh, 420 specialist, my kind of guy, says your hatred of New England will keep the football gods smiling on Tom Brady and Bill Belichick for years and many more seasons, Arnie. Not this uh, year. Ernie writes, Arnie ever re- if Arnie ever received a statue, they'd have to hire a crew of at least 30 artists to carve statues for all of his teams, including the, the Patriots. He's a Patriot fan. Wow. And uh, then Matt writes, oh, poor Patriot fans, boo-hoo for them if they have a rough year. The yeah. rest of us NFL fans aren't going to lose any sleep over that. Exactly. All right. Let's wrap up the show the only way we know how. It's the stinking genius picks. Arnie, take it away. I got a theme going on today. I don't know if you know this. Oh, stop it. I don't know if you know this, Chris. The Masters is coming up. We have a little golf coming up. I don't know if you know that, Chris. A lot of people aren't paying attention to golf. And I'm all in on either. it. I'm all in what? on it. More people are going to pay attention this time because he's going to do it. And you know who he is, don't you? Tiger's oh, yes. back. He's Tiger back. Wins. And he's going to win the Masters. What are you thinking about that, Chris? Huh? I like How are you it. liking that? I like it. I hope he does. I think it'd be great to see the and, and again, I don't try to gauge too much on TV ratings, but I think it'd be great to see the TV ratings if he did. That'd be insane. I notice what I'm doing there. I'm going from Tiger to the Tigers. Remember our friend who called in the, or texted and said the Tigers 0-3 and the season's already yes. done? It's going to get a little bit worse. Tigers start the season 0-13. 0-13. 0-13. They will okay. lose the next 10 games. Before winning a game, 0-13. And now we go from Tigers to Wildcats. You like the way I'm working that? It's Wolverines, very animal-themed. got that? Yes, I like it. You're liking that. <laughs> the boss should give me a raise for this. Final score goes to the Wildcats. Villanova wins it. 92-72. Yesterday I said it was going to be 86-72. I added uh, six more points to Villanova, a couple threes. 92-82 is the final. Villanova by 20. Lay the points and take the over. There you have my picks. Do them as you please. But remember, they're strictly for entertainment purposes only, Chris. I, I just I want to know how you came up with that number for the Tigers. What is that? Just until next week's show? Is that what you were thinking of? <laughs> no, because no, if they if they lose the, uh, I think they have a three game set against the White Sox. They lose to that, they're not going to win uh, until uh, I think they get it home. I don't have the schedule in front of me, so yeah. Well, they they, they have Kansas City at home coming yeah, up tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so they got three games against Kansas City, and then they go to Chicago for three yeah. more. Then they Forget go to Cleveland that, for and then four. Cleveland, they'll lose four. And then they'll uh, lose to the Yankees three more times. They'll win uh, April seventeenth against Baltimore. Well, I, uh, I hope you're, uh, I hope you're right. That would be a fun <laughs> one to be able to brag about. That you randomly decided a team would start yes. what zero and thirteen, zero and fourteen. Unreal, Arnie. Have a great week. You too. Next, happy Easter, my friend. Next week, happy Easter to you and your family. Next week, I'll be all in on the draft. We'll get a little bit on what exactly might happen with Baker and Darnold and Rosen and the rest. Stick around. Big Ben Maller is coming up next, right here Later. on Fox Sports Radio. At Bed Three Six Five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. 
eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.